0: Welcome back to Becoming the Hero. I'm your development master, Justin Lewis, and together you and I will add more adventure to your life, help you level up in specific ways, and help you be the hero of your own story. If you've ever played Dungeons & Dragons, then you're very familiar with the Charisma score. It's the number that describes how well you interact with other people, whether in a persuasive way or in an intimidating way. You know, it dictates, it, it dictates deception and shows you're savvy in social situations. If you're like me, though, you've probably asked, why can't I have a good charisma score in real life? In D&D, you can get feats, items, or abilities that naturally improve your charisma score. But today, I want to share a few ways to boost your charisma score in real life without the use of magical items. But before we get into that, I want to share a specific announcement. My goal is to make episodes that actually move the needle in your life. And to further that goal, I will now be shifting to one episode a month. This should allow me to make very good content, laser-focused on, like I said, moving the needle in your life. I'm extremely grateful for all the support you've given me, and I want to ask you if there's anything else I can do for you. uh, Let me know via Instagram, at BecomingTheHero. But for now, the episodes will come out on the first of every month. And until then, though, let's get back to today's topic, which is charisma. And here are six ways to boost your charisma score in real life. Number one, wonder and curiosity. The world is full of wonder and few things make as little sense as people. Behind every person is a history of experience and story. And the absolute best way to boost your charisma score in real life is by getting curious about people. Honestly, that is the biggest benefit I've earned from doing podcasts which you know, is the natural growth of the skill of being curious about others. Naturally, I'm nervous about social encounters like most people because I never know what to say or really how to interact. And you know, this might make me say stupid things or speak quickly and not let other people get words in, which happens often. But when I change tactics and instead ask questions about the other members of the social interaction, then the encounter becomes much more interesting. In the next conversation you have with someone else, ask them a question about them that you are genuinely curious about. I promise you, you'll be surprised what happens. Number two, practice small talk. Big gulps, huh? All right. If you've seen Dumb and Dumber, you are very familiar with this particular line. It comes at a point in the movie where the heroes have begun their adventure, and Jim Carrey's character, Lloyd, says it to a few gentlemen waiting at a gas station, and we, the audience, have a good laugh. We're laughing because it's such an awkward situation, and Lloyd is unaware of the awkwardness, or we're unable to circumvent it. And I don't know about you, but I've been in situations exactly like that. And actually, fun fact, that was an improv Situation. So Jim Carrey actually made that up on the spot and they decided to keep it in. But the reason why we've all been in situations like that is because, and at least for me, it's because I didn't understand the value of small talk. In my estimation, small talk forms the bridge from stranger danger to let's be friends. And if you don't construct that bridge effectively, it might lead you to stand on a partially constructed bridge hovering over the awkwardness. So to do small talk right, I, need, I, I think you need a few things. Number one, you need to give the person you're talking to a reasonable belief that a conversation or relationship with you would be worthwhile. Number two, you need to match their current conversation expectations, i.e. if they are completely closed off, then small talk is not going to happen. A bridge has to have two sides. Number three, you need to set yourself up for better personal topics. A great one is your name. And as I said before, small talk should be a preface for deeper topics. And actually, uh, I can I can share a personal example. Recently, I was in Texas, and we had an Uber driver who was slightly closed off. I I said, "Wow, it's a hot one out there," and he said, "Yep." And I said, "How do you guys beat the heat?" And he said, "Well, this isn't this is nothing. You know, I've I've been hotter." And I was like. Oh, really? Where have you been hotter? And that small talk slowly led us to a conversation about him being a scout in the military in the Middle East for for a good portion of years and and starting down the path to special forces, but then he decided not to because he wanted more time with his family. Also, his back was uh, in a place that prevented him from doing that. And also, his father was a federal investigator and all these things just by crossing that small talk bridge. Number three is selective vulnerability. Speaking of deeper topics, you aren't just a person, you're a story. And every person with whom you come in contact with gets an opportunity to immerse themselves in the story that is you. And just like with books, if you don't interest people or hook them, they won't be interested in reading your story. And I found one way to do this is by sharing selective parts of yourself. This also helps in the Small Talk Bridge. Remember, there's a reason we often share our name before asking the other person's name. Hi, I'm Justin. What's your name? To do this, you become selectively vulnerable. So share something you wouldn't normally share. And you're going to have to embrace a certain level of natural confidence and or apathy regarding their approval. If done correctly, this tip will prompt your conversation partner to share their own vulnerability with you. And again, the relationship build that started out just as small talk will be reinforced and will soon be very strong. Again, back to my example. I shared the tidbit that I'm from Utah and I'm not familiar with Texas heat. So how do you, build, how do you beat the Texas heat? I shared a vulnerability. I shared some information about myself. I gave up something. You know, I showed one of my cards. And that prompted my conversation partner to do likewise. Number four is ration your approval seeking. Thousands of years ago, mankind existed in closed-knit hunter-gatherer societies. Each member of the tribe had to do their part, and to be expelled from the tribe could mean certain death. In order to remain and function in the tribe, humanity developed a very strong sense of fitting in. And to go against the grain or to cause the disapproval of our peers might have actually meant certain death. But then, technology advanced. And the same trait of needing that approval of our peers that took thousands of years to develop could not evolve fast enough, so now we still crave the approval and acceptance of those around us, as if their approval meant death, or as if their disapproval meant death, but the tribe has become so much bigger. We are surrounded by ten times the number of people as our ancestors, yet our Need approval meter still rings out whenever we feel judged or unliked. Even social media has exacerbated this. So, the trick to boosting your charisma score is to practice being selective with your approval seeking. You don't need the cashier at the grocery store to like you. You do need your wife's parents to like you. This should help guide you as to whose approval you should care about. But this doesn't tell you to stop trying to build relationships with the person at the cashier. Uh, at the cash register. You know, talk to the cashier. Become friends. But it does tell you which you should be emotionally involved in and which should have emotional consequences. Back to my Uber driver uh, conversation. If he ended up not liking me, that's okay. I get out of his car in 20 minutes and I'm at my destination. I never have to see him again. A conversation with him is just that, a conversation. And it's just a bright spot in an otherwise boring day. But Relationships with other people, for example, my wife, have bigger emotional investment, which means I should seek her approval. I should do things that allow our relationship to flourish. And again, even here, you have to be somewhat deliberate. If there's someone whose approval you want that is doing something that is counter to your standards and values, then maybe you should reevaluate. Number five is curate your visage. You and your hunting party stalk the savanna looking for your prey. A long-legged antelope stands just meters from you. You jump out and hurl your spear, but right before you do, a twig snaps, and the beast takes flight. You move to retrieve your spear, but not before you hear movement in the brush behind you. The rest of the party has taken off after the antelope, so you scramble towards your spear and raise it towards whatever made that noise, right as a lion jumps out of the bush right at you, and you manage to jump and roll out of the way. You look at the vicious animal, and then your mother's words echo through your mind. Don't judge a book by its cover. Hearing those words, you put down your spear and say, Hi, how's it going? To which the lion responds by pouncing at you and devouring your face. Now, that is somewhat a silly example of the old adage that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but the simple fact is, we all do. You are supposed to make judgments based on people's appearances, not racist judgments or other things like that. But for your own safety, you're supposed to say, hey, could this person pose as a threat? More than that, you're supposed to say, wow, this person appears attractive. Let's approach, but still be cautious and wary, constantly gathering data on the rest of our interactions to make a judgment on this person. You see, judging someone isn't so much, or at least correctly judging someone, isn't so much a judgment of their eternal worth. It's more a judgment of what is the result of interactions with this entity. If you see a rock and you say, wow, that's a good-looking rock, you can touch it based on what it looks like. But if you see a stick of dynamite, you have to make judgments based on what you see. That's how our eyes work. That's why we have eyes, to be able to interpret or or, uh, pull in data that comes in and then use our brain to interpret that data. And everyone is doing this about you. Every single person. So, that is to say, if you want to boost your charisma score, you need to make yourself look more approachable, look more appealing in the sense of, wow, I can be friends with that person. And obviously, don't be vain or flashy here, but this can go as far as just combing your hair, making sure you look nice like you showered today, and smiling, and looking people in the eye. Uh, Doing that allows people, it's kind of like being selectively vulnerable. When you smile at someone, you're being selectively vulnerable, and opening the door saying, hey, please come in, I'd like to have a relationship with you. There are so many people out there that, you know, they don't care about their external appearance. But let me tell you, it makes a big difference. No matter what you say, I don't care who you are, uh, no matter how many times you say don't judge a book by its cover, everyone judges books by its by their covers that's why they have front covers to entice you to open up the cover read the front uh front space i guess it's called and learn about the author learn about the intent of the book and kind of get small talk that way and see if you want to read more and get hooked so the first thing people will see about you is your visage your exterior So you need to make sure that aligns with the message you're trying to send out in the people that you're trying to start up relationships. Maybe you're into heavy metal. Maybe you have tattoos and piercings all over. Maybe you only want to have relationships with people who have tattoos and piercings all over. That's totally fine. You just need to make sure that your visage is attracting the right kind of people. Number six, is it's better to have friends than enemies. In the movie King Arthur and the Legend of Excalibur, there's a scene where King Arthur has an altercation with a group of Vikings. Later, as king at the end of the movie, he encounters these same Vikings again, and then in this this instance, he convinces them to forgive and forget the previous altercation in the name of creating better relationships, and he actually starts up a trade route with them. And King Arthur says, Why be enemies when you can be friends? And adopting this mindset with every single encounter you have will help you tremendously. In cases that require a persuasive touch, why would your quote-unquote opponent want to help you? Well, in the same situation, your quote-unquote friend would naturally want to help you. So in every situation, try and get on the same ground as the person you're talking with. Try and become their friend. Because why have enemies when you can have friends? Getting something that you want is much easier when you and your quote-unquote friend Want to help you. So, again, summing it all up number one is wonder and curiosity. Number two is practice small talk. Number three is selective vulnerability. Number four is ration your approval seeking. Number five is curate your visage. Number six is it's better to have friends than enemies. I wish I had these tips growing up because I was not a very social person. And to me, every social encounter felt like the end of the world if I did not say the right thing in this situation? And I think a lot of people are that way. But if you can implement these six tips, you'll see your charisma score boost. You'll see it go up and naturally you'll have social encounters where you will roll natural 20s. I know that that's not an exact metaphor, but uh, you get what I mean. You will find that when you interact with people, it's a lot more easier and it's a lot better Uh, Specifically, rationing your approval, I think, is a great place to start for most people. So, thank you for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate your support and everything. Uh, Again, I will be putting out one episode a month starting on the 1st of July. So, stay tuned until then for the next episode. Make sure you follow the show so that way I can give you ever better content and help you add more adventure into your life, level up in meaningful ways, and become the hero of your story. Now, until next episode, my friend, keep adventuring.